three, two, one, and we're recording, I think. Yes, it says it's recording. God, I hope it's recording. Yeah, so Lou, um, well, I-, I won't spoil it. I guess we should intro. Uh, welcome to, is this a podcast where we, um, us three guys talk about topics and whether or not we think they would make a good podcast or not. Uh, I think I'm going to host this time around. My name's Jeremy. As with me, as always, is Lou and Brad. You guys want to say hi? Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Brad. Brad Lou. Awesome. Um, yeah, so um, just prior to us recording, I guess at some point we need like the pre-show downloads or something. That'd be cool, but we're not there yet. Uh, talking about topics for this week, and this week's topic is a secret. It's a super secret. Super double probation secret that um, you guys didn't know anything about and don't know anything about until I drop it on your asses right now. So for the next hour, let's just try to guess what it is. That'll be good. Uh, <laughs> good radio. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's not a tank. No. <laughs> it's not our, the color orange. Our listener count is going to go through the roof. That's right. All right, so you ready? Today's topic is the secret topic for today is secrets. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to tell us some secrets? All, yeah. No, no. First of all, uh, clarity here: we're not divulging secrets about ourselves or each other or anything like that. It's not that kind of show. So listeners cannot be jotting stuff down and then running that shit over to TMZ when we're done here. So Ronnie. Uh, but a lot of podcasts, I was thinking, you know, a lot of podcasts have either directly or indirectly talk about secrets, right? There's like those true crime podcasts that are super popular and lots of people talking about secret stuff that they don't know about and they want to learn about and they have some theories about and, you know, yada, yada. So I just kind of made me think about like secrets. Like there's there's a lot of there's some there's some shit there. There's some interesting stuff to talk about. And okay. for us, it's perfect, right? Like. Would that be a good podcast topic? I don't. I don't know. I think we we could talk about it, right? Could we? I got some some things to kind of kick off some 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 discussions. What do you guys think? Secrets. Secrets. Sure, let's okay. go. Just don't ask me to tell any secrets up front. Let's uh, ease us into it. Mm. Uh, where are you going I with this? Oh, Lou. <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling my secrets, but Brad, on the other hand. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, so it, he's it, got hemorrhoids. Probably not good for us to be like sharing secrets and shit like that. But if you guys, you know, you want to open up and share some stuff, then you know who, who am I to tell you no? Jeremy has herpes, <laughs> just like Donald that, Trump. That, <laughs> sorry, it's not boring shit. Okay. Okay. So I'll 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 kind of start off with a quick story that is about secrets that's kind of interesting that might be a good topic or a good kind of conversation starters okay so got had was uh, together with some friends a while ago and we were hanging out and drinking and talking and schmoozing and partying and doing stuff and one of the guests divulged a pretty big secret about another guest and you know clearly it was the kind of thing that like nobody really wanted to kind of get out in the public but there it is. And there was some, you know, awkward silence after that and stuff like that. So it kind of made me think like alcohol seems like sometimes is like the ultimate truth serum, right? 
Like you can either people voluntarily divulge shit that they shouldn't have, or you can kind of coax it out of them after they've had a few. And you know, you know what I'm saying, right? This was something like, "Hey, Amanda, how's your affair going?" Like something ix, like that. Ixnay on the fairness. <laughs> right. Yeah. With well, without you, you revealing, got it. you got the gist of it. Without revealing <laughs> names, can you? What was the gist of? Whatever the secret was that they yep. shared with Vinny. Blue is extremely clairvoyant. Um, pretty much nailed it. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. So was was it um was it someone saying I'm having an affair or was it someone saying that person over there is having an affair? Yeah. That the the, the sex. Yeah. Okay. Was person number two you? Say what? Was person number two you? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, did not, did not involve me. Okay. okay. I like I said, it's not going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this is all in theory. There's a person named John and another person named Jane and another person named Floyd, and they got together. No, um, that is inter- That's an interesting scenario, though. Was the person in the room? When they outed him, or was it like someone who had just left, or something like that? Yep, yep. Everybody, everybody together. We're hanging out, drinking. Wow. Did the did the person get pissed when they were outed? Mm, hard to say. Hard to say. They got quiet. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, still still kind of to be to be determined. Yeah. Interesting. Sure. Okay. Well, it's good questions. Like, okay, you know, the, the, that's there's, you know, different kinds of different kind of secrets and different kinds of responses to secrets and right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what do you guys think about the whole idea of like alcohol being the weird, bizarre kind of truth serum that it sometimes is? So, I so like for example, like sometimes it seems like you know you get somebody a little bit tipsy and they start talking stuff about themselves that they wouldn't normally say and it's like hmm okay well if you're you know saying this kind of crap when you're a little you know three sheets to the wind what does that say about you you normally when you're not three sheets to the wind right but it gets a little even weirder when people are like you know talking stuff about you know other people but you know again not stuff that they would normally say unless they were you know drinking a few or whatever i mean yeah it's pretty obvious that alcohol has that effect or it can bring out that you know we we've We've all seen it in all different shapes and varieties, the, the outcome of, you know, too much drinking and uh, keeping secrets is probably one of those things that alcohol is not a good friend of. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> oh. It really is truth serum. Why did they bother going yeah. to all that trouble to develop yeah. like those fancy truth serums? They should just get the guy drunk and ask yeah. him where the plans are hidden. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's in a place you'll never guess. Okay, Shh, don't tell anybody. It's in the basement. <laughs> yeah, and you don't even need to use torture. Like you said, Lou, just give someone alcohol, act like you're their buddy, drink with them. <laughs> At some point, it's going to come spilling out. <laughs> All right, we got a place in the CIA for you. That's good stuff. Hey, so. come on, buddy. Don't make me drink alone. Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, well what, I have. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna ask, man. Like, what what do you guys think about like 
the crap that you say when you're a little inebriated says more about like you than it does about anything else. You know what I mean? Well, from a personal standpoint, I kind of use that as a barometer to to tell myself if I've had too much to drink. If I start feeling like like I'm starting to get loud or saying stuff I normally wouldn't say, um, that to me is like, oops, okay, I might want to like hold off for a while. Hmm. we've we've all been there too we've all learned kind of the hard way you know if you if you drink too much and you're that person and uh i think that's one of my goals when i go out in a social situation or if i'm drinking i don't want to be that person i want to have a good time <laughs> yeah, but i want to be that guy yeah yeah you, you, know, you always kind of keep yourself in check. i like i like that strategy brad with the with the one the one hole in that is, is that you know once you're yeah drinking and getting there like you don't realize that you're the one who's like <laughs> blabbing out the bunch of stupid shit right you're, just, you're in the moment how did this lampshade get on my head why is everyone right it's like yeah that sounds great <laughs> it, it does you do get to see the true reality some of those like excuse drunks where the next morning they're like oh i'm sorry i told everybody that you were having an affair man and i'm sorry that i uh threw up in your back seat but i was just drunk and it's like no you're that guy Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting because um so my daughter is kind of going through this right now with one of her friends um Mm -hmm. so uh my daughter's 21 and you know all her friends are of legal age and stuff so you know they drink she's very moderate about it but one of her friends is in this really toxic relationship with this guy and uh, Madeline's group of friends is friends with both she and him, with both both members of the couple. Uh, and I guess they're both heavy drinkers. They both like alcohol, and they the just couple, you mean? fight an argument in front of everyone whenever they start drinking. And oh, it's wow. apparently like so uncomfortable. And, and if they're not together, and one of them's there, they dominate the entire conversation by talking about all their relationship woes. And, you know, that can just get... Uh, I know that person. Yeah, you know, you want to be there, like, if if your buddy's going through some hard times, you want to be there for him. But at some point, if it's just, like, every time you talk to him, that's all it is, you know, that gets exhausting. And they're at that exhausted stage right now where, like, oh, man, you know, they don't even want the people to come over because they just know what's going to happen. And alcohol is the key culprit in it. Apparently, if they're not drinking, they're okay. But once you start mixing alcohol with them... It, uh, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah, that's tough. At some point, I mean, if I'm reading this correctly, these are people you got to cut bait with. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. Whoever, yeah, like, bench. who's the closest to him? Is Madeline, is this like her her homeboy or her, no, her sister? No. Or is this um, like a friend of a friend? So she has, she has a guy she's been dating for a while. We're not going to name him because we're on the podcast, but... Um, He's a good and everything. And it's it's his group of friends that she kind of like came to know through him. And since they've been together, she's been good friends with the group, too, mostly with uh, like all the all the friends who have girlfriends, you know, like when they do stuff as couples and all the couples are together, you know, girls tend to hang out. Guys tend to hang out together. So she's been become good friends with all the girls in the group through that process. And um and apparently it's like it's a really fun group, except for this one couple who just, you know, it's always World War Three when they're together and they start drinking. 
And does everybody kind of share them. the? Does everybody kind of share the same opinion of this? Oh, this yeah. couple? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right. So yeah, whoever in the group is the best friends with that, whoever's the best friends of the guy, whoever's the they best friend of the friend. girl, they, yeah. they got to tell him. Yeah, if you don't chill out, we can't hang out. Yeah. yeah. Tough for that's tough. I I have a term I use for that people and uh, for a guy it's the dipshit buddy. The dipshit buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone you know has the dipshit buddy. In college it was uh, Jim knew this guy Chauncey and that was Chauncey. Chauncey would he was a little guy. I mean little. He was probably like you know buck forty five foot seven. But when Chauncey got drunk, all of a sudden he thought he was Mike Tyson. He'd be like, you fuck with me, you looking at me? And everyone could kick his ass. But (laughs) that didn't stop him. He would just start shit with the group of friends. He wanted to fight somebody, but he couldn't fight. And everybody was bigger than him. And so Chauncey was the dipshit buddy. When you go to a party and Chauncey's there, you're like, oh, fuck, Chauncey's here. (laughs) What a really sad story, Lou. But that's man? another category of drunk right there, right? It's not He's like we all... beat him up every oh, time. We just yeah. like, but yeah, he'd make everything awkward and, you know. Did he get all like aggressive? Because there's, there's, there is that kind of drunk. There's the sappy drunk and then there's the emotional drunk. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the drunk who wants to fight everybody and thinks he's a badass. <laughs> is that what, was that the kind of drunk he was? Kind of, Yeah. But he never, I never, I did see him one time. He got somebody, he took a swing at somebody and they started wrestling and they pulled him apart. But oh, yeah, one time it was with me and I forget, it was, I just said a joke and he was like hammered and he was like, are you fucking with me? Like, uh, excuse me? You're fucking with me, aren't you? No, no, no. Chill out, Chauncey. We're good. No, you're fucking with me. I'm like, I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> yeah. There's always one dipshit buddy in the group. It sounds like they got yeah. two. Dipshit, dipshit yeah. boy buddy, dipshit girl mm-hmm. buddy. Dipshit couple made in hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forged no, in the fires of hell. Like, you want to have to have a frank talk with each of them and just say, you know, you guys, your relationship is not working out and people cannot tolerate you guys because your relationship's so out of control. And it's a hard thing to hear, but, you know, if you're a true friend, that's what you got to let them know for their own sake. Mm-hmm. Now, this is great. Lou, your example of your dipshit buddy, what was it? Chauncey. Great, yeah. great, great example. Like, like, so how much, you know, when Chauncey got drunk and got kind of belligerent and was picking fights and shit, is like, how much of this is, you know, liquor pulling off the veil of who Chauncey really is deep down? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? Yes, exactly. That's exactly. why I say it's it's, it's a little, little bit of a sad story. It's a little bit, yeah, you're right. It's a little bit of a truth serum. He's like, I just, I just want to tell everybody they suck and I want to kick their asses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the chance of getting gotten gotten picked on a little bit as a kid, maybe, huh? Oh yeah, you're probably right. I see where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Like he got picked on a lot. And now he's in a safe space. Everybody's friends. And he thinks this is a safe space where he can finally be the bully. Right. Yep. And not get his ass kicked. Oh, you're right, Jeremy. No, I'm sad. I got to call him. I'll, <clears throat> I'm going to put you guys on hold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It's the podcast therapy session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring, bring, bring your problems. We'll, we will solve them in, in 46 minutes or less. You know, what's funny is like I do 
if I was in the time machine and had a little more emotional intelligence, no one ever told Chauncey, dude, what's wrong with you? Every time you get drunk, you make these awkward situations. Stop doing that. Or at the time when he's doing it, you're like, what's wrong with you, dude? Were you picked on or something? Why are you, why are you fucking with us? We're your friends. No one yeah. ever said that. You just kind of go quiet. Maybe you slink over here. Maybe you, Hey, Jim, this is your friend. Talk to him. I'm going to go but over there. The problem, <laughs> the problem with that is you have to find, you have to talk to the person when they're sober. Because if you try yeah. to reason. Yeah. Ah, good and, and, and good luck with that. That is hard. <laughs> that, yeah. That's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, you got to wait until they're sober, but then you got to like remember all of the shit that happens when they're drunk and address it. Yeah, that's that's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I have a good example of a secret. And uh, Brad, you're in this gang and I don't think I'm talking out of school here. But one time when we were at your book release party and I met your family member that oh you, yeah yeah and that's with the 23 and me and these aren't our secrets these are our parents secrets but there yeah, was probably important. 12 people at the table yeah and when we all started talking like yeah I, I have a brother i didn't know about i have a brother i didn't know about there was like i swear out of the 12 it was half of the people and i'm one of them my mom had a korean war baby that we didn't know about when what her first no husband was in the korean war he um she had an affair was way back in the day so when she was pregnant she went to some nunnery in the next state and she had the kid and she came back and wow. <laughs> we didn't wow. find about it till 40 years later so if if i ever did a 23 and me i might find out about this guy and my friend dave same exact thing his mom had a korean war affair and had a baby she gave up for adoption and um yeah, when we were talking at the table, wow. I was amazed at how many people have these siblings that they didn't know about mm-hmm. until until yeah. 23 and me. Yeah. Well, yeah. that that's a great that's a great example. Like so, so secrets like are are there secrets that that should be kept and like who should they be kept from, right? Like so yeah, 23 and me is kind of cool, but it's going to you know, potentially it's going to reveal some shit that you didn't know about and like what, right? And then <laughs> well, but Did you know I how and how much like privacy like for the people and stuff and well, for the most part I've the... heard about it turns out positive you meet these people and they're great like Brad tell us about yours okay yeah but you met so that was my my birth my my, my biological father's family that you met that that night mm-hmm. and I'm still in contact with them and that's been a really positive experience for the most part there's there's been some weird stuff with it but for the most part it's been really good but. My biological mom. So I didn't do 23andMe. I did Ancestry.com, but it's the same thing. You know, you spit okay. in the cup. Same, same exact thing. And um, the way it works is if other people in your genetic family tree have also done Ancestry.com, it matches you and it and it tells you how you're related pretty precisely. Like and, through the mother or through the father. Yeah, and if they're okay. like uncle or cousin or first cousin, it breaks it and down. And then if, if you want to be related to them, you swipe right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, Otherwise, so long story just... short, I was able to find out who my biological mom was. And I already had my um, some adoption documents because I was adopted. Mm-hmm. So I already had some adoption documents that gave me some background information and from that, I was able to figure out who she was. So her basic story was that uh, she was from a small town in Montana, and um, 
very sheltered life, very religious, conservative family in town that she came from. And her older sister was living in Seattle and was married and was having some major marriage issues. And maybe some mental health issues were going on, too, from someone involved in the marriage. So she um, as soon as she graduated, she left her small town and came out to Seattle to stay with her sister. And when she was staying with her sister, she ended up meeting my biological dad. They didn't have any kind of like relationship. It sounded like it was more of a one night stand kind of thing. Mm -hmm. She got pregnant and she was very uh, religious, you know, from her background. So she gave me up for adoption there in Seattle and then returned back to Montana. So what I've been able to figure out is when she did that, when she came back, she didn't tell anybody about this birth. And then she met some guy, uh, got married, and is still married to the guy. And they they've had some, they have their own family. You know, they had some kids. And nobody knows about the secret from her past. So when I found out who she was, I, I called her. I was able to get her phone number. And I called her, and I was like, hey, I know this is going to sound Hey, really Mom, weird. what's going on? I, I know, you know. Um, Can I borrow 20 bucks? <laughs> No, I approached it very gently because, you know, you never know what kind of reaction you're going to get. And um, about 20 seconds into my little spiel, she hung up on me. Oh, yeah. And that's how I found. And then I talked to her brother and basically was able to piece everything together. And she like freaked the hell out because she had this deep, dark secret that nobody knew about. And suddenly I was calling out of the blue and threatening to like just, you know. Open that whole can of worms up. So back to your topic today, secrets. I mean, I'm her deep, dark secret, and she she put the lid on that and has kept it on. That That so. is – that's crazy. That's a crazy – well, yeah. I, I was going to say – So who is story, the sibling? Not, it's your common, brother, right? right? Yes. Well, so who you met she had, was – She had another child? And that's well, no, she had a brother with this guy that she ended up marrying. They, I think they had like two or three sons. And then they have now at this point, they have grandkids and stuff. So they have this whole full family um, and they're the grandparents, but nobody knows her secret. So and she has no apparently, you know, she has no plans on revealing her secret. So, um, yeah, I spoke to her brother after she hung up on me the next day because uh, I'd reached out to him. And he thought like I was kind of a, a con man until I started relaying this information, that background information I had that I would only know about if I had like very specific insights into the family and, you know, from my adoption papers. And then I told him, I said, and if you if you question that, just go on Ancestry.com. You will see me there right next to you listed as your nephew. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> useful. And. And that's when he kind of like started believing me. And so we started talking and he he said, yeah, you know, I I called her today to find out if she knew anything about this and she was denying it. And so I was like, at that point, I was like, "Okay, well, I respect that. And if, you know, if something changes, she wants to reach out to me. You guys know how to reach me. Otherwise, you know, I'm I'm just going to leave you guys alone. This is obviously some some big secret for that she wants to keep a secret. So I'm going to respect that. So I didn't take it personal or anything like that. Cause I've mm-hmm. never really met this person, but it was mm-hmm. an interesting experience to say the least. Yeah. And I almost blew her secret. Oh yeah. yeah. How heavy wow, was that religion, for her? That's wild. Well, I think religion has to play it. Definitely played into it because, yeah. you know, 
it's it's one of those very like fundamentalist type Christian faiths that she belongs to and um Oh yeah, they'd kick her ass out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're out of yeah. the club, harlot. Well, and especially when she came back in the, the late 60s after she had given birth to me. I mean, that you can imagine like a very religious conservative town, what they would think about some 18-year-old high school girl that got knocked up in Seattle. So, you know, it was, there's probably a lot of shame and stuff associated with it, I imagine, because of her uh-huh. faith. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. that's okay. Your parents are the people that raised you. And if oh, yeah, she sure. doesn't want to have a relationship, that's fine. And yeah, I yeah. won't... Uh... Yeah, exactly. Tell your secret unless it's on a podcast. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would shut my damn clam hole right there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, that's Brad, amazing. Brad, you, you, your, your story that you just shared, it sounds like most of this intel that you were getting was from Ancestry.com and the digging therein. Is that right? Uh, it was a combination because, like I said, I had redacted adoption papers. I knew the the – the organization that I was adopted through was Lutheran family services here in Seattle, Mm -hmm. born in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, if you're an adoptee, you can request the records that were, you know, related to your adoption and they'll send you a big stack of documents, but it's redacted to protect the identity of, you know, the, the, the there's a lot of like blacked out spots, but there's a lot of information in there that isn't redacted. So it was a combination. It was through that, and the information I was given through Ancestry.com and plus, you know, like I'm an historian, I'm a writer, so I know how to fucking get on the Internet, <laughs> plug some stuff in. and I'm going to Google out. the shit out of this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. So, like, yeah. like it sounds like your biological mother kind of wants to keep this secret. Oh, so, for sure. Which is interesting in itself, right? But, like, put yourself into the shoes of, like, what right do you think your biological mother has to keep the secret from even you knowing who she is to begin with? Well, that's what's interesting about 23andMe and Ancestry.com because it's, like, opening a whole bunch of closets and different families and revealing all kinds of secrets. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot about it. I have oh. for the last several years. And, and of course, and now I have my own personal story related to it as well. So, yeah, you know, um, my personal view on it is I, I knew going out to it, I was going to respect whatever the, you know, the wishes were of the people that I was going to be reaching out to. I wasn't going to like just show up at her doorstep and like, you let me in right now. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna tell your whole family with me right here, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally respect that, Brad. But in in yeah. one sense, in one sense, you've already violated that that like trust in that you found out who she is. Yeah, you know, assuming yeah. that maybe she didn't even want that to happen, right? Well, she probably never thought in a million years back in 1969 when I was born that you know, would be the, the, that the internet goddamn internet. Yeah. Yeah, she's probably a, nobody had any clue back then, but now genetic it's, testing's now, coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the proof is who, in the. Who would have predicted but... the microchips in a in a vaccine? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have, so, or it um, could be. Um, I have another one, and this one's kind of harsh. But the contractor who did our basement in our house was telling me your sister is exactly my what? sister. What? You're a contractor? <laughs> No, I wish you would have known that before we had sex. 
<laughs> this happened while he was working on our basement and it was like he had a he was a single man and he had a daughter and she was about 10 or 12 and then a couple weeks later he had an, another kid that was 10 or 12 and I was like oh I didn't know you had two kids and he was like wow I just uh got this last week and I the just kid closed was, this one yeah and the kid was about seven and so seven years ago at a wedding they were partying. He had a one night stand. And then seven years, that was it. Never talked to her again. Seven years later, out of the blue, this woman tracked him down and she oh, was shit. a head case. And she was oh. like, this is your kid. I oh. can't take care of it. I'm all messed up on drugs. Here you go. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Instead of dropping it off at the church or the fire station, she tracked him down and just basically dropped it off on his front door and said, this is your kid. I can't take care of him. And I don't know you. So I'm out of here. And Damn. yeah, he was going Damn. through a lot of stress there. That's and I was, I was bitching That's at him. I was like, hey, why is the basement not coming along, dude? You said you're going to be done four weeks ago. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your damn kids. <laughs> you call this Aztec eggshell? It's more like Navajo white. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is crazy. But yeah, I felt I felt for him. But but he did the right thing, though. He was a good man. He was like, OK, this is my kid. I'm taking care of it. Got to go to the store. Got to buy buy another bed. And yep. uh, yeah, I'm jump step right up. on it. He's a good man. Well, yeah. Good I, I was gonna say, man, if he if he's if he's going through with it, um, I mean, that he's obviously a good guy. Man, that's yeah. got to be hard kid though fuck i know know. hard for the kid yeah being abandoned (laughs) like by your mother like that yeah i did get laid at a wedding about uh 26 years ago though so if that kid shows up he's gonna be 26 and i'll be like get a job (laughs) 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 oh but if that happens we Definitely have to have a podcast episode about that. <laughs> yeah, because oh, <laughs> would be glorious. <laughs> he could buy us beer. <laughs> Wait, no. You're my kid. <laughs> oh, good. Because can you go plant that hydrangea in the backyard? I need you to pull those weeds, and I need you to take this out. <laughs> Here's ten bucks. Go pick up up some beer. I got to do a podcast and need a beer to talk about. Hey, we never did a check-in. What are you guys drinking? Oh, shit. Uh, I am drinking a, a a true classic, a true classic, Irish Death. Yeah, good one. Yeah. It's like a cho- – um, it's a it's a, kind of a stout, right? It is an Irish stout uh, from Iron Horse Brewery in good old Ellensburg. Um, Iron Horse Brewery, fantastic. Love them. All their brew beers are fan are, are amazing but especially especially the irish death and it's actually a, a series it, this is just regular old plain old irish death but they have a bunch of different varieties of irish death with like coffee infusions and coconut and uh, all sorts of crazy shit and they're just really really good kind of like a um a super good micro brewed deluxe um kind of guinnessy type irish stout really good it packs I a punch I believe mm-hmm. I tried that at one of the beer festivals we went to in previous years. Yeah. 
you know, you're right. And they had, um, they often go to the beer festivals and have a unique version of the Irish death that they do just for beer festivals. So we might have had some sort of funky, crazy Irish death version mm-hmm. with like maybe like jalapenos or something in it. <laughs> yeah. Or, cold brewed coffee or some shit or something coconut or yeah festival only uh version Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. nice how about you brad what's in your can i well i'm i'm like kind of a a big fan of drinking seasonally so my Mm taste change throughout the year and especially if there's like a new seasonal beer and so in that spirit i'm drinking deschutes uh, fresh squeezed IPA. Oh yeah. Are you drinking the Deschutes Royal Fresh? Uh, well, it's just it's one of their canned beers. I don't know if it's Royal Fresh, but it's fresh squeezed. So you know, it's a new harvest of hops that they're squeezing, and I like it. Um, now the problem for me with IPAs is at some point it kind of became a contest to see how hoppy they could be and that yeah, how yeah. hoppy. And you lose kind of the true purpose of like drinking a good beer at some point. It becomes, you know, like how hot can we make these hot wings or oh, right, right. on these candies, <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's how just sour. Um, oh, you, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I like I've always liked IPAs, but I like the well-balanced IPAs, you know, where it's not just they're trying to like out hop their competitors, it's like a well-crafted beer. And I feel this is one of those. So I really like it. So I give it a thumbs up. Nice. I wonder if we're drinking the same beer because I have a pint can of a Deschutes seasonal and it's called Royal Fresh Imperial IPA. Uh, that might be like a, a different version of one of their. IPAs. Okay. What's the ABV on yours? Uh, 6.4. This is a 9.0. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hello. Is, that like a, is that like a barrel aged or something or a double <laughs> IPA? What the? Yeah, usually that's pretty they, high. That Get low on gets into double triple territory but they're just calling it an imperial ipa huh. yeah imperial yes yep and it also that's what, says that's, that's where the royal squeezed on the back so um mm. yeah so what well, are the odds of you two bozos drinking very similar beers right what Out of um, all the beers do you remember when we were kids and there was like five beers now there's like 400 beers <laughs> at the grocery store <laughs> Yeah, it's like Keystone, you want Keystone Light, or, Miller or Bud, or or Miller. Well, and then I remember in the early '90s, or Michelob, if you want to get fancy, when yeah, when you yeah, still yeah. had the original. Well, remember when you still had the original five, but then the craft brews came on the scene, so you had yeah. this staple of craft beers. It was like Pyramid, Red Hook, Red Hook, yep. Um, and it was the same. You'd see the same beers everywhere. And it wasn't until like kind of later into the nineties where it like really exploded. And now I can't even keep up. There's so many craft brews. I mean, just from Seattle alone. Hell yeah. You know, you know, and it was a beautiful sunny day in Seattle today. I drove on out to Woodenville to uh, black Raven brewery over in Woodenville. If you oh, haven't yeah. been black Raven, highly yeah, never been to the brewery. Oh, amazing amazing nice yeah. you know huge outdoor patio big big place ton tons of seating uh, just about every fucking beer that they've ever brewed is on tap they must have had like 40 taps or something it was great epic but to your point yeah, it's well, like okay you know a lot of people probably never even heard of black raven or never tried their beers or whatever but it's it's amazing they do do a fantastic job and you can go right to the brewery and suck on the taps 
suck on the teats. Where uh, what was the mask situation today at the brewery? You know, it's it's weird. It's um, it's definitely you know you can feel the easing, right? Like yeah. the more places yeah. you go, it's like it's still like well, you know, mask required for restaurants and breweries and stuff. It's like oh, you know, unless you're at your table drinking and eating, then you can take the mask off. It's cool. But if like oh, if you get up, then you know you should put the mask back on and blah blah blah. But I actually went to a couple places <laughs> where my, my wife and I were both like cruising around and we basically forgot like our our mask. Like like you know we were at a table, you know, eating and drinking or whatever, and we get up to go to the bathroom or whatever, and we like we would forget to put our mask back on. And, you know, and technically like okay, you're away from your table, you're supposed to put your mask on, but nobody gave a shit. Like nobody. He was giving me the side eye or whatever and i saw other people same same kind of deal they're just walking around with without the mask i'm like okay that's clearly kind of a sign of the times that yeah, you yeah. know it used to be you know a couple of months ago people would be like sir your mask oh my god right but now i'm like eh. yeah well are you guys vaccinated yeah yeah i, I got my second one uh, three weeks ago so i'm in the clear Oh, cool. I just got my second one Thursday, so I, I will be official in two weeks. What about you, Jeremy? Are you guys vaccinated? Huh. Jeremy still with Jer- us? Jeremy's on. Jeremy hit the mute button. I think he's yeah, got I hit to the, uh, fuck. I hit shake his will. Goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> so are you yeah. vaccinated, uh, Jeremy? Uh, I'll get my second dose tomorrow. Okay. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, this week they just opened it up for kids 12 and up, and yep. today we... Went to a walk-in at UW, and I got the kids just got their first one today, so they're gonna have some sore arms tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. So, Lou, you said you got your second one already. Yep. Uh, nice. How did you feel, man? Did you go through like the whole flu thing on day, you know, the next day? On on the second dose, yes. Yeah, I, me too. I felt like achy as hell, and I took my temperature. I didn't have a fever, but it's felt bad in the morning and I was it was a work day and by the end of the day I I called it quits at five a lot of times I work late and then I ate some dinner went to bed at seven and slept for 12 hours and then I felt fine the next day yeah wow Wow. yep yeah Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one tomorrow too yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah I went Uh, man I got um I got shot number two on Thursday and Friday man I could hardly get off the couch it just felt like a really bad flu really achy and feverish and i had the chills and i went to bed early too just like you were saying woke up and felt like a million bucks the next day so it was it kind of came as fast as it 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 left as fast as it came that's cool yeah that's what she said (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) all right so it sounds like the three of us are ready to go florida spring break here we come you know, and, and it's fucking weird. Like, you know, now the CDC is saying officially, I guess, like if you're vaccinated, it's cool. You don't need to wear a mask. You don't need to worry about social distancing or whatever. And it's like, OK, I understand where they're coming from. But it's like, man, that's fucking really dangerous to be telling yeah, you know American totally people that. Agree. Right. Yeah. Totally Baba pointed this out. She was like, super there's, dangerous. A, there's a ton of fucking Florida rednecks that are going to yep. not wear oh, a mask and say, yep, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Yep. Exactly. Good. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Well, that's the whole thing about what they did is that now it's the honor system. Now it's like, okay, no one has to wear their mask if they're vaccinated. So you have to trust when you're out in a crowd that all the people you see without masks actually did get vaccinated. And that's bullshit because I, I don't trust people. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm cynical when it comes to that. So at least in, C- in Seattle, you're kind of, you know, it's a bunch of fucking libs. They all got their vaccines. <laughs> 
Well, you know, but, some of them did, but some of them don't. A lot of those, like, very far-left, kind of new-agey hippie types, are, oh. <laughs> they make up a big percentage of the whole anti-vax thing. It's That's not true. all, like, right-wing crazies. It's it's these really far-left ones, too. And um, Seattle has its fair share of those, so I, I don't know. I don't know, like... I, I only I only want an heirloom vaccine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not or, organic and heirloom. I'm not going to get it. Nice. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> you guys want to you guys want to tackle another segment? We got a you go. You want to talk about tenant? Yeah, let's discuss tenant. You know what? Yeah, let, let's throw let's throw Lou a bone. I know for like the last like four or five weeks you've been talking about this. <laughs> I finally fucking saw the movie last night, so fine. All right, let's I put on our Cisco and Ebert hats about and fucking tenant. All right, Jeremy, go. Um, I, mixed. I am super mixed about the movie. Um, it, I I hate it. I hate it because it follows. <laughs> Thumbs down. Yeah, well, it falls into a pattern which I absolutely hate with movies, which is it started off great. I was super psyched. First 20 minutes, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be killer. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and by the end, I'm just like, this is fucking trash. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Did did you understand it? Did you Were you able to follow the storyline and understand what was going on? Sure. Yeah, and as far as like, <laughs> well, as, as, as much as as much as the story would allow you to, right? Like that, you know, no, there's there's intentional ambiguity throughout the whole story, right? There's a bunch of shit you're just not supposed to understand, and you never will understand, and that's intentional. But all the stuff that you're like supposed to understand, sure, I got all that. Well, let's talk about the rules of time travel for, for Tenant, and this is the word. part that the part that I liked was normally time travel is you get in the machine, you set the dials and you go there. Right. Yeah. But in this one, you can't do that. You get in the time machine and then you're reverse entropy going backwards through time. So if you want to go back 10 years, you enter the machine and you walk backwards for 10 years until you get there. And that's kind of what this movie did. There was a part where after they, after bad guy shoots his wife and guy gets into the time machine and he goes backwards in time for 10 days, they get in a tanker and they're basically just chilling in the tanker so that they can get back in time 10 days where they can storm the beaches at the Russian gulag where they have the nuclear stuff and to get the MacGuffin, right? So I kind of, I, I kind of like that version of time travel where they explained it as, so you're, going time's going forwards but you're going backwards so it's going to feel fucking weird so if you're running the wind's at your back if you're driving a car and you turn it to the right you feel like you're pushing the car to the right and in this case it's going to feel like it pulls you to the right so they were telling him he was like what about driving a car and he was like that's cowboy shit be careful (laughs) and there's a scene where he's got to drive the car when he's reverse entropy and they don't explain the fact that yeah. when you're reversed, all of a sudden the car you get into is now reverse entropy. But that's kind of nerd shit. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll take on face value. But uh, <laughs> that's, what I didn't, that's what I didn't like about it. It, it. it seemed like it was following some obscure 
physics, quantum theory regarding time travel and trying to make a movie plot around it. And I wish they would have just made it just a regular time travel movie. Like you get in this machine, you Seven enter in dials. the date, what? pull the lever back. Really? What? Why? It, it got too, I felt like it was too convoluted. Like the plot was too convoluted and, and confusing at times to follow. And I know a lot of people had that experience where, uh, a lot of the reviews I met, I've read about it, have said, you know, like, you, you basically need to see this movie twice. And I haven't watched it a second time yet. So I'm 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 curious if when I watch it a second time, my opinion's going to change. But that it, it raises an interesting point, though, which is if you really need to see a movie like two times to fully like appreciate it and understand <laughs> it. Is that a good sign? Is that a sign that like something really cool and unique is being created? Horribly wrong. <laughs> or is that or is that a mistake on their part? And probably. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's probably a mistake because if you're looking at a at it from a pure movie perspective, like are these characters fully developed? Are there people I can root for? They're all pretty much one dimensional. Like the woman who's, you know, Kenneth Branagh's wife. She's pretty much just like sad the whole time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's sons just like stoic and uh, Pattinson. They're just like, you know, the stoic secret agent. So it, it is kind of thin on a character level. There's nothing to root for. It's a plot movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, Brad, you're just talking about how it gets like too convoluted and so forth. I, I, I kind of take the opposite perspective of it. Like it, it, it didn't, it, it, it should have been, more convoluted and more weird <laughs> and unexplainable, right? Like the the oh, in my opinion, worst I'm thing a movie you. the worst thing a movie can do is try to explain shit to you, right? Like if the story and the movie itself doesn't like explain all of it needs to do just in in the storytelling, then something's wrong, right? Like if you have a movie that's like blatantly trying to explain shit to you, then there's there's something horribly horribly wrong, and I I absolutely hate that. And I think there was a little bit of that in Tenet, where like they like they like they try to explain like some of the rules when you're in the the timeline that's going backward in the entropy and blah blah blah. They kind of like got into <laughs> it. They didn't get into super details and all that kind of, but but enough that they're like like wait a second, what the fuck are you doing? Like why why are you trying to explain all this? weird shit to me so that i'm like gonna be able to figure out like why this dude's driving backwards this car like no 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 no, fuck that just show me all this weird shit and and tell me the story and and don't don't try to mansplain time travel to me but but i i actually feel like it needed a little more explanation especially going into the movie i mean the way it opens these guys are invading some like orchestra house performance Mm -hmm. at the opera house and you don't know what the fuck's going on and suddenly the main character is like blending in with the police and you don't know why those those and you don't even know what they're attempting to do uh, bombs that they had those were those were so cute little tiny cute little little bombs bombs. they all they all matched and they all had like matching little led numbers and really really cute yeah but you didn't know what the fuck they were and you didn't know what was going on. Like you, it just dropped you into this very confusing sequence and you're just like, I don't know what's going on here or why X, Y, and Z is happening. And then the movie just, the whole movie was like that. And then it would go into a new scene. Uh, and eventually towards the end, at least for me, I was able to start like piecing together what was happening and kind of make sense of it. But again, I think I'm going to need to watch it a second time to really truly understand it 
Well, I found this thing on Reddit, and it's super cute. A guy made a, and it's in a comic form. It looks like it's a single page, and he's got the remember red and blue. The, the the soldiers with the red tags are going forward, and the soldiers with the blue tags are going backward. That was and the so, fucking stupidest. Oh, sorry, go on. He's got a red timeline, and it follows you through. And he's got little cartoons of here they are at the opera house. Here's the CIA guy explaining it, and here they are bungee jumping up the tower, and that's the red line. And then they got the blue line underneath it to show you all the people that are going backwards, and in the end, it's kind of like he made a jigsaw puzzle that makes sense in his own head, and they want you, the audience, to follow the shit. But yeah, like you said, Jeremy, like I don't care to put together your jigsaw puzzle. You should just make it super weird and unexplainable and like some 60s, 70s psychedelic movie <laughs> where none of it makes sense. And there was this exposition scene. Do you remember in the beginning when he meets the scientist and she is showing she's trying to explain to him here's mm-hmm. what's going on and here's the mm-hmm. bullet and mm-hmm. uh yeah, just drop watch what code word and shit yep. yeah and she sucks it up into her hand from the table and he's like okay let me try and he, he's like it's not working and she goes but to be able to pick it up you first need to have dropped it and he goes oh okay sucks up the bullet and he goes ah instinct <laughs> And that's the explanation. But yeah, you know, a, a couple that, lines that, before that, she scene. actually said the line where she goes, he's like, I don't understand it. And she goes, don't try to make sense of it. Just feel it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that that scene that seemed pissed me off, too, because it you watch that scene and you're like, oh, OK, there's going to be some of that shit going on. Like, you know, like with the Matrix, when when, you know, the original Matrix movie, when they first talking about it, like, well, the Matrix, you, you can you can bend it to your will and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, OK, I, I know what's going to go on here. Right. But with that, it's like they explained all this, like, oh, you have to have dropped it and instinct, blah, blah, blah. But then none of that, like the rest of the movie, there wasn't any of that shit. It was like kind of like maybe they were doing some weird stuff, but you don't know. And and he was like kind of controlling it and not really. And it, that that whole scene just pissed me off. It was like it was really cool. And then they just didn't do anything with it for the rest of the movie. Yes. Yeah, missed opportunity. The line, missed opportunity. Uh, try not to understand it. Just yep. instinctually feel it. And I yep. think that was a line they were throwing to the audience. Like, yep. Yeah. Uh, leave yeah. it to your nerd friend on Reddit to explain it to you. But uh, for the next two hours, just. uh Appreciate but see, the I, explosions. <laughs> but I find that kind of infuriating because I want to follow what's going on. I don't want to just have it washed well, over and then maybe like, understand some of it. Maybe not. So to me, that was kind of a, an infuriating thing. Yeah, I mean, those I, movies can be movies, done right. Yes, other, like Inception is a good example. That was a pretty heady movie. It had a lot of levels to it. But they explained it as it went. So you were able to follow the plot line pretty clearly what was going on. And I felt like Tenet lacked that. Like you were just supposed to kind of go along with it and maybe grouse stuff, maybe not. Uh, I didn't like that. Mm. Yeah, like Memento is a good example of a movie Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense that actually does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. uh, David Lynch, uh, Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Comes Mm -hmm. to mind. It doesn't make sense until you maybe. uh, Following Mm -hmm. Nolan's first flick. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely see that one. It makes sense. No. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, well, 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 yes and no. I mean, t- to your point, it's like it doesn't make sense. But then you like at the end of the movie, you're like thinking about it for a second, like, oh, OK, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. OK, sure. 
Well, I think the most convoluted movie I've ever seen with regards to time travel was a movie. It was called Primer. Do you guys oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Best time uh, travel was... movie ever. You really? Really? I've, I've never seen it. it. Fucking loved Primer, man. Oh, Fucking God. Loved that movie. It. it was so confusing and convoluted. Fucking love that movie. When did it come out? Who's in it? Uh, I don't think there were any big name actors. Was, I think it was kind of an indie movie. Yeah, small, small indie <laughs> flick. Okay, great. But it, like, great movie. It, was, it was one of those where there was like so much time travel going on that there was multiple copies of the same person in the same scene, and you just lost track of who was who and where they mm-hmm. came from. Mm-hmm. And it had so many threads. It was just like, ah. Well, there, there's a perfect example, right? Like one of the reasons I liked that is that movie didn't really attempt to explain shit. No, yeah, I, that's what you were saying. Like, just let it be confusing. Yeah, all of this stuff was going on and you're confusing. Like, what the hell, right? But, but it, it told a story and it, you could figure out what was going on and it had a kind of a conclusion and all this kind of stuff. But they didn't attempt to explain nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's what Tenet should have been, is what you're saying. The other problem with Tenet is I actually think that Tenet did a pretty good job of not trying to over explain it compared to, to Nolan's, you know, some of other Nolan's flicks. Like, like I liked the I liked the, the flow of Tenet that reminded me of, like you said, like Memento and things like that. And even a little bit of like Inception and that like, hey, you don't know what's going on, but like, OK, I can kind of see some patterns and stuff. I, Tenet did a good job of that. But what what really infuriated me, too, is that they really really threw in a lot of the um action flick stereotypes right like all of the all of the SWAT team in the in the like the black matching like combat gear and stuff and like okay this guy's like a cia type of secret agent type of dude but i guess he's got like fucking infinite resources and just like brings in like helicopters and tanks and stuff at his whim and they're like what the fuck you know and it just it it just really played upon like the stupid 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 action movie stereotypes which i thought was kind of a shame even like the whole like they were supposed to be like some abandoned nuclear russian whatever town or whatever it's like yeah sure looks a lot like a you know movie set looks a lot like nevada yeah like what the <laughs> fuck is that bunch of yeah big, you know concrete columns and stuff like oh yeah every russian town is like that <laughs> um do you remember brad we went and saw the movie looper with uh oh yeah Dr- joseph gordon levitt that's a time travel movie and when we were walking out of the movie i was like mm-hmm. what'd you think of it and you went you said uh i've never seen a time travel movie that spent so much time in a cornfield <laughs> there therein lies the artistry that's right yeah i've forgotten about looper so many so many layers to that right back to the future though i mean really yeah looper was a i i enjoyed looper though too that just real quick though that the the other big kind of comic complaint that i had with looper is it it was pretty good but i think it did a a a, a, it it fell into that trap of trying to over explain a little bit right especially towards the end of the movie it just kind of felt like they were trying to explain like how time travel really works and the you know effect and the blah 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 and you're like okay yeah 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 yeah. just show me all the shit yeah yeah that's a good point do you guys remember that? Um, God, man, I think this is like from back in the 80s. Uh, but that movie Time After Time. Oh, Mary Steenburgen, and Christopher Reeves. Yeah. 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 That was. Oh, awesome I, I, movie. You sure didn't have Cindy Lauper in it? 
No. Uh, oh. <laughs> Somewhere in time, not time after time. Oh. If so you love and you help. look and you will find it. There you go. No. Mm-hmm. It so you was get... before that. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah. So it was it was an inspiration for Cindy Lauper's song? <laughs> Probably. And it was very bittersweet. Like he was yeah. back in time, but he had forgotten all about his future. And so, spoiler alert, at the end he pulls he finds this watch that was his from the future. And he goes back in time, falls madly in love with this woman, he's super happy. And when he finds a reminder of his future, he's like oh shit, I'm not supposed to be here. And it sucks him back into his time out of his happiness out of and out, happy. of, out of this wonderful place to go back wah, to his wah, shitty wah, life wah, <laughs> in the future. Wah. No, it was, it was a good movie though, man. It was a good flick. Yeah. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like back to the future though. That's really the, the, yeah. the benchmark of you go back in time you try to keep your mom from wanting to have sex with you mm-hmm. and you, <laughs> you fix things and, and you, you know, have they, your dad beat up Biff and you go, they back explain, the how and... time, they explain how time travel works. You need the, what, 5.6 gigawatts or gigawatts or whatever. I mean, it's pretty easy to understand. <laughs> yep. 55 miles an hour. <laughs> what else do you need to know? All right. (laughs) There's a documentary on Netflix right now about DeLorean, the guy DeLorean that made the DeLorean car. Have you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I haven't checked it out yet, but the uh, the trailer looked uh, interesting. This is back to I don't know shit about cars. Jeremy is uh, DeLorean anything besides uh, the funky doors that open straight up? Well, funky doors, um, stainless steel. Stainless. The whole body was like stainless steel. That was other. Big kind of craziness, right? Not just the frame, but like the car. Well, the frame wasn't stainless steel. That was part of the problem, though. Too it was like there were all sorts of problems with that car. But you know, one of the weirdnesses, of course, you know, stainless steel body, uh, gold wing doors, and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But and it was it, it was meant to be a like a like a really fast car, but it wasn't fast. Is that right? Well, it yeah, just looked he, funky. It wasn't a performance car, like you yeah, wouldn't... it wasn't super high performance. But I mean, DeLorean wanted to make it, you know, relatively affordable, right? So he's going for like kind of the cool sports car performance angle, mid-engine and low and sleek and all that kind of crap. But he wanted to make it affordable, so a lot of you know concessions were were made. A lot of things were kind of cut uh, to to try and hit a hit a price point. So it wasn't, yeah, it's not like not like super high performance, but you know, a cool little. Little mid-engine, you know, whatever. Are, are they worth a lot? Yeah, at that point, they're kind of a joke car, aren't they? They're still pretty valuable. I mean, they're not super, super expensive, but um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna pay good money for a good quality uh, DeLorean just because there were only you know there were so few of them. I think there was um, you know only a, like a less than a thousand or a couple thousand of them made or something like that. It's you know very very low numbers. Oh, so that alone makes it collectible. Yeah, totally. So. What are we talking like? Thirty grand, a hundred grand, two hundred grand? I don't know. Good question. I don't. I don't know. I have to do the little. I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. Okay. And none mean, of those time travels like at car shows or anything. There can't be. It doesn't seem like there's really that same collector, you know, underground with DeLoreans like there are other cars. 
Yeah, it, 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 you're right, Brad. It's, it's definitely the kind of car, like, if you look at it, like, just at the surface, you're like, holy shit, that is a crazy stainless steel car with gullwing doors. It was made in the 80s by a guy who, like, got arrested for, like, cocaine smuggling or whatever, and yeah. he only made, like, like less than a 1,000 or, like, 1,200 of them or something. You'd think that car would be, like, super crazy expensive, and it, it really is not. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting car. But anyway. Another interesting one, if you uh, – interesting stories of – car people that's really more about the people and less about the car is um lady in the dale i love that that was Did you see great... that one yeah. yeah yeah that was a fucking crazy ass story that is a crazy story crazy ass story and the, the car is weird too but it's really the people involved in that story just like what so those that car never actually was manufactured but there are prototypes of it out there right I think so. Yeah, it never never actually went into production, but they made a few, yeah, a few like prototypes or something like that. Yeah, that's sure somebody that listening to this going, you know, blowing a fuse, going, "What the fuck are these guys talking about?" Yeah, that was such a crazy story. Uh, um, yeah, that was a good one. Did you see that one, Lou? If you haven't watched it, Lou, you gotta watch that one. Did we lose Lou? Oh, he's on mute. Loser. I'm trying to. I'm trying to buy a DeLorean online right now. God damn it. You're doing the dishes again, aren't you? You're trying to do the no, dishes. No, that's fucking Brad that's frying shit when we're doing a podcast. <laughs> but uh, I look on Auto Trader and it's like zero available. And I looked at oh, another yeah. one and there's zero rare. available. Super rare. Yeah. Yeah, super rare. So I would think that would push the numbers up big time. DeLorean Motor yeah, Company has. Oh, you, no, no. you know, and there, there's every every few years or so, there's rumors that DeLorean is going to, you know, the brand is essentially going to get like bought out by some, you know, company that wants to like revive it. And either they they're going to like start making the car again or they're going to start like making, you know, manufacturing like replacement parts so that all the DeLoreans that are out that were sold could actually like, keep running or whatever. Or they're going to like oh, it's going to be like a branding thing and you're going to be able to like buy like a DeLorean t-shirt and you know all of these weird weird ass rumors and they just all seem to like fall apart don't you kind of think though that so the the delorean collectors who are out there probably at least half of them are just major back to the future fans and that's the reason they have the car don't you right <laughs> yeah for sure i'd never heard of them until that movie yeah me either and if you if you find deloreans like i've seen them like at car shows every once in a while and stuff there's a couple in the seattle area and stuff like that like you have a probably a 50 to 60 percent chance that the delorean that you see in real life will be pimped out like like back to the future totally like with yeah. fake flux capacitor in the middle exactly and, exactly. and, and I, you know i i'm a big fan of the movie too but like to see a delorean like with you know fake time travel shit in there just like makes me <laughs> super cringe well it's interesting like how cars like certain movie cars um have have stories like that like for instance the uh uh the wayne and garth um they drove a was it a pinto or was it a pinto yeah pinto, pinto. wasn't it yep it was a pinto or and there's a pacer no it was a it was a pacer. Oh, I think you're right. I think it might be. A... Actually, it was a pacer. pacer. Yeah. I think it was a pacer. Basically, a fishbowl. Yeah, it was like a big fishbowl. And That's the original right. car is somewhere in Las Vegas. And I guess. Oh, yeah. AMC pacer. It was an AMC pacer. And I guess it's worth a fortune because it was the car that was in the movie. 
And same with the Knight Rider car. I guess like somewhere out there, the original Knight Rider car is still out there. And, you know, it's worth a fortune because it's the original Knight Rider car. <laughs> you know, it's crazy that Pacer is another great example. Like just general, you know, run of the mill Pacers aren't that super expensive now because, you know, AMC made plenty of them and they're kind of shitty cars and, you know, collectors like them, right. and but they're not super expensive. But there are a few ones that are super, super expensive. So, like you said, if it was like a a, a movie car, um, you know, and there are a few of those or if it was the there's a there was a model called the Pacer X which was AMC, like, super pimped out the Pacer, put, like, a big-ass, like, V8 in it with, like, you know, a shit ton of horsepower and all this kind of Did stuff. Did you fit and a V8 in that thing? Barely, yeah, right? So it's like <laughs> they, took, they took a total plebeian car and, like, super pimped it out with, all, you know, lots of power and all this kind of crazy. Those are crazy, crazy expensive. The Pacer Xs, original Pacer Xs are, are super, super expensive. But the, you know, general, you know, crappy Pacer with a, you know, shitty six-cylinder engine or whatever in it is, they're they're really not that not that expensive how, how wait how did how did we slip into i don't know shit about cars did was that intentional? Uh, we're talking about time travel and uh the time travel machine of choice is the delorean, the DeLorean. of course yeah yeah did you guys ever watch it's the sick. show um uh the one about the female professional wrestling are you talking about glow yeah glow did yeah. you ever watch glow uh, yeah <laughs> There was this awesome scene in the movie. So basically the director of Glow, they're going to put a women's professional wrestling show on TV and he's agreed to direct it. And he's a highfalutin, thinks of himself as an auteur and he hates this job, but he's going to take it to make some money and make his project that he's always wanted to make. And he's like partying with a bunch of friends and they're doing coke. And he's like, yeah, I'm working on this wrestling show and I don't want the gig, but I'm just trying to make money to do what I want. And they're like, well, what, what movie you want? And he's like, okay. And of course, this takes back takes place back in the 80s, right when Back to the Future came out. And he's like, okay, it's called Mothers and Sons, and it's about this guy, and he's got the hots for his mom, and he's like super infatuated with his mom because she's super hot, and he feels terrible about it, and he's so guilty. He builds a time machine, and he's going to go forward in time to when his mom's super old and hideous like a grandmother. And he's going to keep that image in his mind where he doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. But he makes a mistake in the time machine <laughs> and the time machine sends him backwards to when his mom's like young and super hot. And all of a sudden she's got the hots for him and the rest of the movie. He's just trying to keep his mom from trying to fuck him. And he's like, and the other guy goes, yo, I saw that movie. He's like, what? You haven't seen that movie. I haven't made it yet. And he's like, no, no, it's called Back to the Future. It came out last week. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. It's hilarious. He's like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's crushed because his uh, his movie's already been made into a crowd-pleasing movie and not this um, auteur indie movie that he wants to make. Yeah, that was a, that's a good series. All right, guys, we're at uh, 6.13. Should we wrap it up? Shit. Yeah. Wow. I just shared with you guys a, a French ad poster from the 70s for the Pacer that is really quite controversial. All right. I'll check it out. <laughs> on that note <laughs> all right oh my gosh okay yes we're we a little bit over time this is good this is good um 
lots of good stuff. I don't I don't know if we really kind of killed the whole like secrets. Where it might be there there might be enough there might be enough meat on that bone to revisit it later at some point. What do you think? Secrets. This was, this was a good topic. I like discussing this one. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we we are not going to discuss Tenant anymore though. No, we beat. No. The sh- that's a. A uh, one-trick pony beating a dead horse. <laughs> All right. Well, we got homework. We got ne- as as usual. We don't know what next week at ep- next week's episode is going to be, um, but we'll figure it out. And I'm um, going to be hosting. I think it's going to be. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the tenant sequel is going to be like? Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good stuff. You'll definitely want to tune in for that one. Like and subscribe the shit out of that. Yeah. We're going to find out who Ray's father is. And uh, it's going to be great. Oh, and we're going to get sued. You know, you can't just you just you just can't just blurb that shit out. All right. Star Wars. Good. All right. Good. Gentlemen, as always. Thank you. Awesome. Stay tuned. Like, subscribe, leave some comments. And um, we'll talk to you next episode. All right. Until next time. Thank you. Later, Later. guys.